Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. And today we're talking about one of my favorite foods in all the world, pizza. (laughs) We're not only going to talk creative topping combinations and making pizza dough with beer, we're also going to hear the end of the interview that I did last week with Baking Steel founder and creator, Andrus Lagsden. And uh, as I have promised over and over again, I do have voice feedback to share with you today from my friend Angela Cialana. That's right. I have finally figured out how to give technical difficulties to my technical difficulties. I figured out a solution to the issues that we experienced last week. And as a result, you finally get to hear Angela's message. I want to thank you for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show. You know, you can always be a part of the show by calling me at 985-635-4974 and leaving me a voice message just like Angela has done. I'm going to play that for you in just a moment. Uh, I can play your message here on the show, and I would love to do so. The number again is 985 635 49 Seven four. Also, this is Real Life Radio, which means that you can call in live to the show by dialing 855-949-1380. That's 855-949-1380. You know, we say that Real Life Radio is you-supported, and that might just pique your curiosity. If it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. And now, without further ado, let's uh, let's listen to what Angela had to say. She called in a week ago. <laughs> you know, I mentioned uh, the, the technical difficulties. We did have a number of issues this past week, uh, technical issues, and then also scheduling issues. And I ended up not being able to play that feedback for you at all, but I do have it now. And Angela, I just want to say thank you again. Thank you so much uh, for calling in for uh, great questions, great uh, stories. We're going to hear a little story today. I'm excited about this. Um, and, and I want to, again, just, just issue an invitation uh, for to you. You know, if you, you want to call in and you have a question about uh, food, about cooking, about family meals, uh, about uh, how food and faith interact or intersect, I should say, in our daily lives, uh, give me a call, 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. Uh, you also may just uh, want to call in and tell me what you have going on in your kitchen. The cool thing about feedback is that it makes this uh, kind of conversational, and I like that. That's a good thing. All right, let's uh, let's see. What does Angela have to say? Let's listen in. Hey, Jeff. It's Angela Cialana from San Antonio. Um, last uh, podcast that I listened to um, of your show, you were talking about um, ways to save um, on food waste. And uh, I just wanted to share a tip that we have in our house, which is to actually keep a roll of painter's tape, that blue tape uh, that you can get at the hardware store, at the grocery store. Um, Keep some painter's tape so that you can use it to label any of your containers, um, plastic Tupperware containers or other kind of containers. 
with what the um, what the food item is that you're saving and the date of when you uh, put it in the fridge so that uh, you can always um, take that tape off really easily. It doesn't leave any residue. Um, and it's just a really easy way to save instead of using plastic bags that you're just going to keep throwing away and adding more waste. Um, another thing I want to share and maybe ask you to talk about is the dangers of cooking <laughs> because uh, today I had a friend call on the phone while I was making some guacamole and uh, I decided to try to make the guacamole with one hand <laughs> and uh, I used my elbow to keep a <laughs> to keep a jalapeno down while I was cutting it. And um, I didn't cut myself, but what happened was, of course, I wasn't thinking while I was on the phone, and those jalapeno seeds made my elbow really raw and uh, burn for a few hours. Um, it was pretty painful. Um, so I, you know, I thought about um, the Catholic faith application to that. I think a lot of times we um, are not really thinking straight <laughs> in our faith life. And uh, we don't think about maybe some of the dangers that we might be getting ourselves into, um, maybe with temptation or occasion of sin. Um, so I thought, hey, you know, uh, that's a that's a faith tie-in, and um, there are definitely some things to keep in mind when you're in the kitchen, um, so you don't hurt yourself or anyone else. So, if you have any tips on uh, keeping safe and anything that we can do to make sure that uh, we keep ourselves and our families safe while we're cooking, I would really love to hear those. So, thanks very much. Bye. Well, thank you, Angela, for calling. That was uh, awesome. Uh, I'm very sorry about your elbow. That's not um, that's not fun, you know. I'm I'm very impressed that you were a uh, making guacamole at home instead of just buying some uh, at the store. That's awesome. And uh, and secondly, uh, for you know being in the kitchen and just trying and 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 working, even if it's not all perfect. You know what I mean? You're on the phone, you're trying to cook. Uh, that's, that's good. It's good. And you're right. I love how you make the connection there between, uh, the cooking experience and trying to draw something out of that, uh, to kind of, you know, help us in our faith. I think that's a very important thing to do and you did an excellent job. So thank you very much uh, for that. But I can tell you, Angela, I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain. I have been there. Uh, I may have mentioned this uh, before on the show, but when I was uh, in religious formation with Mother Teresa's priests, the Missionaries of Charity Fathers uh, in Tijuana, Mexico, this is back when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. Uh, you know, I had never really dealt with jalapenos. I never had reason to, uh, the cooking that I did at home at the time, I, I used to make pizza, which is apropos for this particular, uh, show today. We're talking pizza today, a little bit later in the show. Uh, but I also made, you know, some of the standard things that, uh, you would expect down here in South Louisiana, the, the jambalayas, the gumbos, uh, the you know, Cajun Creole things, uh, rice and gravy, a lot of rice and gravy kind of dishes and that that sort of stuff. It wasn't like a, I didn't have a huge repertoire of, of recipes, of dishes that I could make back then. Uh, but jalapenos was something I just never really had to fool with. And so I wasn't, um, 
I wasn't prepared for some of the things that I encountered when I was in Mexico. And, you know, one of the things that we did, because we lived among the poor, if you recall, this was Mother Teresa's uh, priests, you know, we were, I was in formation with them and uh, we did ministry daily uh, to the folks who lived uh, around us. And we would go visit with them and, and we lived among the poor. I mean, our home, our, our house of formation was right in the middle of a very uh, poor barrio, and uh, we we would minister to the to the families that were right there uh, around us, our neighbors. You know, our neighbors. We go visit them uh, every day, and and just walk through the neighborhood and and visit different houses and invite people to mass, invite them to pray the rosary, invite the kids if they you know the kids in the house, invite them to youth group and. You know, we, it was it was good, but in addition to that, we would also um, help to uh, feed them. Uh, one of our ministries was to go around town, and since I was, um, yeah, we had fifty guys in a house from twelve different nations, so not all of them um, grew up the way I did. I grew up in the United States. Uh, I, I was, you know, at fifteen years old, I had a driver's license. I've been driving at the time, I guess, three four years, and. Um, uh, since I was American, it was very easy for me to cross the border back and forth to San Diego. And as a result, I, in the house of 50, as a seminarian who, or at least I was in formation, I didn't actually go to seminary classes yet. I was still simply in religious formation in, in the community. Uh, I was one of the guys who uh, was designated as a driver. I uh, could go across the border easily. Um, I, I had a license, you know, I, so for whatever reason, there were probably four or five of us that were designated as drivers. So by default, I was able to participate in a bunch of different ministries that other seminarians didn't get to participate in, in the same capacity. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, I was out begging for food. We would go to some of the open air markets and beg for any food that they couldn't sell. Maybe things that were just a day or two old, things that were starting to rot. Uh, we had a couple of, there was this one bakery. I remember, um, it was in a strip mall, but the, the people who owned it were Catholic and they wanted to help in some way. And so when the pastries got to be a certain, you know, uh, age, I don't know how many days it was, but it was, they were starting to, to turn stale. They would, call us and we would go pick up, um, pick up literally big black garbage bags filled with pastries and breads and, and all of that. And then we had other, other, uh, benefactors from San Diego who would provide large, uh, kind of industrial size bags of, uh, soybeans. Uh, they would provide rice. They would provide, um, jalapenos, uh, and a lot of other kind of staples, you know, flour, uh, maize, um, uh, a lot of different uh, staples, I guess you would say, dry beans, that kind of stuff. And what we would do is we would kind of uh, put together a, uh, not a conveyor belt, what am I trying to think of? Like an assembly line, you know, we'd have all the, the stuff um, lined up, all the different items lined up with uh, some of us seminarians you know, trying to organize this and we have bags and those bags would be filled with the different ingredients and we're making big care packages that we would hand out to our neighbors, to the poor. And, uh, 
you know, I'm going to have to take a break here. We are going to have to take a break. I need to take a break from, from this story. But I will be back in just a minute. And uh, when I do get back, we will be talking about this voice feedback. We're also going to be talking pizza a little bit later in the show. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie, and we're talking today about pizza, one of my favorite foods in all the world. And uh, not only is it good and uh, delicious and nutritious, but it makes for a great family cooking experience. I love that. All right, before the break, we were talking about this feedback from uh, Angela Cialana. She had a little... uh, well, a little incident there with some jalapeno peppers uh, burning her elbow. Has a little bobo elbow. Sorry about that, Angela. Uh, next time, you might want to wear a rubber glove on your elbow. <laughs> uh, but I was also telling you my experience and how I had experiences along these lines uh, when I was in Mexico as a seminarian in religious formation with Mother Teresa's priests, so the missionaries of Charity Fathers. And uh, we used to put together these care packages for um, for the for the poor that lived around us, and we would beg to get this uh, to get this food uh, to distribute. And some of the begging was uh, not even in Mexico; it was across the border in San Diego. They had certain groups, charitable groups, that uh, would provide us with industrial size. I mean, big. We got big shipments, big shipments of soybeans, uh, dry beans, uh, rice, uh, flour. And, and sometimes, and I, I can't, honestly, I can't remember right now if we got the jalapenos from them or if we got them from the, uh, the markets, you know, the open air markets that we would go and, and beg from. But in any uh, case, uh, we would always make this like assembly line where all the seminarians would put the ingredients, the various ingredients together. And we had to separate them out, you know, from the big bags and big boxes into smaller bags that could be portioned out to the the various families that uh, would come to get the the food. And I remember the first time, I mean, I had, you know, a big box of jalapeno peppers and it wasn't just jalapeno. We used to get poblanos and Anaheims and all these wonderful peppers. Uh, But I remember the first time I had to deal with them and, and my job was to divvy them up you know, to, to take them from this big, huge box that they were in and put them into these little paper bags. And then the paper bags in turn would be distributed into different uh, boxes. We used to box all this stuff and, and hand these care packages out. And uh, I remember just, I, I didn't have gloves or anything, didn't know any better. I just was sticking my hands in there and pulling up, you know, a, a, a number of jalapenos at a time, put them into, uh, into bags. And I would say probably... I don't know, maybe five minutes into it, not even five minutes, uh, my hands started to burn. And uh, yeah, as I continued working, it just got more and more painful. And, you know, what happens with the peppers is uh, they extract an oil or they, they kind of um, sweat, if you will, and an oil. And that oil can be very, uh, well, it is, it, it soaks into the skin of your hands or, or in your elbow, if that may be the case. And it can be very painful and it is a burn. It's a burn. It, 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 it soaks in and there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. You can't go wash it off. 
because at that point it has soaked in. So yes, uh, very uh, painful, not not a fun thing. And cooking, cooking is real life. You know, cooking is not something that is. Um, uh, necessarily going to be an easy thing. You're never guaranteed that you're going to have a perfect meal turn out when you cook. It's, it's like real life. You walk into the kitchen, you start cooking, anything can happen, right? Anything can happen. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's uh, kind of challenging, but it's, it's, it's good. And, and you could always, uh, of course, there are things that, that uh, can happen that can be dangerous. Now, Angela did ask if there were other dangers uh, involving cooking. And yes, Angela, there are many, uh, many dangers. And uh, perhaps I can put together some ideas and do just one show on uh, tips on how to be safe when you cook. That would be a great idea. Uh, just for today, I can only say that, uh, I mean, there's, you think about it, you're, you're dealing with knives in the kitchen, you're dealing with fire, with heat, and that fire may be an actual flame, or it could be simply the, the hot uh, oven or a hot stovetop, you know. Um, so you're, you're dealing with hot food, you may be boiling water. I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. That's one of the reasons why, even when you have kids in the kitchen with you helping you, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing, I do encourage families to get into the kitchen together. You just got to be smart about it, right? You, you want to give the kids um, uh, age-appropriate jobs in the kitchen. First of all, doing so keeps them safe. You don't want to give a toddler, you know, like a toddler, a butcher knife to, to chop onions or something, right? I mean, it's something age appropriate. It, it keeps them safe, first of all. But secondly, if it's age appropriate, it's something that they can do, then it's going to give them a sense of, uh, of accomplishment, sense of, you know, that they, they can do it. They can, they're not lost. They're not uh, failing at it. They're actually capable of doing whatever the task is and contributing to the family meal, which I think is an important thing, you know, that, that sense of, of contributing. So yes, many dangers in the kitchen, things that we can talk about. I do have, you know, I think that's the, the, the case. That's what happens uh, when you cook. Uh, I've seen many, many chefs with like, part of a finger missing. <laughs> That's the reality of uh, kitchen life. I've seen many chefs with uh, burn marks on their hands and their arms. That's another another reality as that, that happens. You know, and I've got uh, little scars here and there too. I'm not a professional chef, but uh, I have had my fair share of small, thankfully, thankfully, small mishaps. So that does happen. And again, uh, Angela, I want to thank you so much for calling. Uh, thank you for that feedback. And, and I will put that on a list. We will talk about more about the dangers of cooking. Very important. Very scary, but it's okay, right? With God's grace, with a little uh, foresight, with a little wisdom, uh, everything will work out okay. So today we're talking about pizza, folks. And we talked a little bit about pizza uh, last week. Uh, we had an interview with uh, the creator, the founder and creator of The Baking Steel, Andres Lagsden, who I have become friends with over the, the years. Uh, we first made contact back in uh, the fall, I believe, of 2012. That was when The Baking Steel was released. I think it actually hit the market in October. I'm not mistaken. I think it was October. And I think he and I first started talking maybe in September of that uh, year. And he sent me a baking steel to test. I mean, this is a 15 pound, a quarter inch thick, uh, square ish, kind of rectangle ish 
uh, piece of steel that you put in the oven, you preheat it for about 45 minutes at 500 degrees. And then when you, when you have a pizza ready to put in the oven, uh, the cook time on that pizza is dramatically reduced and you start to get sometimes even better than restaurant quality pizzas coming out of your own home oven. And it's because the, uh, the baking steel can handle the, 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 change in temperature from uh, hot to cold. So if you, you can do multiple pizzas at a, you know, back to back to back to back uh, in the oven, you put one on, you let that cook, it comes out, you put another cold one on a hot steel. It's not going to break like perhaps a baking stone would. Uh, But in addition to that, it also keeps the ambient temperature in the oven hot. It, It not only retains heat, it conducts heat. The steel, steel does. And, and so that, what that means is that when you go to open that oven to get the pizza out and maybe to put a pizza in, um, the temperature in the oven is not going to fluctuate that greatly. Why? Because that steel is able to hold that heat. And then once that door to the oven is closed again, it is only going to take a short, very short amount of time to reach the temperature that you had it set at, which typically would be 500 degrees. Most ovens go up, most home ovens uh, only go up to 500 degrees, although I've seen some that go to 550. Uh, So the baking steel makes a tremendous difference when you are uh, making pizzas at home. And uh, we are going to hear in the next segment of the show, we're going to finish up the uh, the interview that I did. I shared part of this, the first part of the interview last week with you, this interview with Andrus Lagsden. Now, Andrus, the interview is actually from the Catholic Foodie Podcast. I didn't do it last week. The interview actually took place a couple of years ago, uh, but it, it tells the story of the baking steel and it tells the story of how I have been after uh, this goal, I guess, of making the perfect home pizza. I had these dreams of pizzas I had when I was a child and restaurants that are no longer open. And I would love to be able to replicate that uh, and even improve upon it. And uh, until the baking steel came along, I used a bunch of tips and tricks and, you know, I tried to cheat my way uh, into actually making a pizza at home without soggy dough. You know, your soggy crust, which is the the bane of all home pizza makers existence. And uh, I had to use a lot of lot of tricks to to make that um, to make that go away. And then none of them were perfect. None of them were perfect. The baking steel makes that irrelevant. You don't have to worry about it, which is a really nice, very nice deal. Uh, So you're going to hear a little bit more about the story of the baking steel. You're going to hear more about making pizza at home and what an awesome, fun time that can be. And uh, all that is going to be coming up in the next segment. I do want to point you over to catholicfoodie.com. And I want to do that uh, because I do have over there uh, a lot of pizza articles. Some of them are pizza recipes. I talk about making pizza at home. I talk about how to make pizza dough with beer. And all this, these are recipes you can access. They're free. They're over there at catholicfoodie.com. So you just... uh, Head on over that way. You can look in the in the menu, the the navigation bar up at the top, the bottom menu. There's two navigation bars, but the bottom one, all the way to the right, you have an option for pizza. 
Click on that, and it's going to give you uh, several, several different recipes for crust, for sauce, uh, creative homemade pizza recipe ideas. That's talking about toppings, which I hope to get to a little bit later in the second uh, segment, of, or the, the, the final segment of the show today. But in the meantime, we do need to take a break. Uh, that happens. This is uh, the Catholic Foodie Show. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and we're talking today about pizza. Matter of fact, in this segment of the show, we're going to uh, resume the conversation, the interview that I had with uh, Andrus Langston. I shared that with you the first part last week. Uh, that was about the baking steel. He is the founder and creator of the baking steel. And uh, we had a fantastic conversation. The conversation is actually a couple years old, but uh, Andrus joins me now. So let's take a listen. Facebook.com slash baking steel. So people can upload pictures of their, their pizza or bread or, or whatever, or just get news over there on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the second thing that really jumped out when I turned that card over, it said, you know, the baking steel, it said, create the crust you crave. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's what I've been trying to do. <laughs> it's great. You know, my wife came up with that slogan. We were thinking of something, you know, what can we come up with? And really that's what it comes down to create that crust that you crave. And it's just, um, and you, you know, I'm floored each time I, I roll up my pizzas. I usually do four at a time. I make my doughs and I'm blown away by the result each and every time. Some, some are better than others, no doubt. But for generally speaking, that crust is just always sparkling with, uh, with that airiness and that crispness that I love. And I think most pizza lovers do love. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, the, the thing that I have lamented and I've written about pizza a lot over the last, I mean, I've been doing this since uh, 2008. So the last, what, four years or so, um, I've written a lot about pizza and, the thing that I lament over and over again is the fact that my oven just goes up to 500. At least I thought it went up to 500, but actually, the marker, you know, where the, the 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 knob only goes up to 475, and then I've got the broiler. So I'm just imagining that maybe, perhaps, if I'm lucky on a certain day, it might get up to 500. But uh, you know, it, it I, that that's why I've had to I've had to resort to tricks. I've had to pre-bake the 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 crust or mm-hmm. you know whatever. And, uh, you know, so I did this past week, I got this thing in the mail and, uh, which is so excited about this baking steel. And what I did, I, I made, uh, four pizzas over the course of, of two days. Now, normally if I'm doing pizza, I'll do all four at once. Yeah. I do them mm-hmm. back to back to back, but because of just family stuff and the chaos of life, um, I can, and Halloween interrupted too. We had a party to go to. Um, I only did one on Halloween night and then the other, the other three I did the, 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 the next day. Actually, I wound up doing more than that, but I'll tell you about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I was amazed. I was absolutely amazed because my, my crust have never come out this way before. Um, I followed they were the first, beautiful too, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I took those pictures and put them up on <laughs> Facebook and, and Instagram and, and, and all over the place. But, well, thank you. I, 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 I work. I work at my food pictures, you know, my food photography. <laughs> but 
uh, you know, the, the, I noticed a couple of things that, that really stood out. I mean, first of all, the first thing that really stood out with the baking steel was, number one, it, it, it is far superior to my stone. Far awesome. superior to my stone. The second thing I realized is I have gotten so dependent on tricks that I really, in a way, kind of have to relearn making my pizzas to, to, to accommodate this excellent tool. Right, this mm-hmm. new tool, yeah, good because point. it's it's doing something that I'm not used to. I, mm-hmm. I'm not used to this, so I've got to, in a sense, <laughs> kind of relearn all these different things. These this, this this method that I've I've practiced now for a couple of years. I've got to kind of relearn that, which is fine. That's great, and I, and I really want to give kudos to Kenji too over there at slice.seriouseats.com because he he went through and documented all of it, and and he 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 did it in different ways. So. I believe one way was to have the, the, the steel on the bottom uh, uh, rack of the, the oven. Mm-hmm. You, you preheat it. You, you cook your pizza that way. That's one way. And then I think a, a second way that he tried was taking a pizza stone and actually heating the pizza stone up too, but having that on the rack above the pizza. So you've almost got like a mini pizza oven inside mm-hmm. your oven. You've got the steel on the bottom and the stone on the top, which I thought was really cool because both of them are really, you know, they're conducting heat. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the third way he he did uh, the the pizza steel, the baking steel on the second to top, if I'm not mistaken, the second right. to top uh, rack. And then at for for part of the cook time, he had the broiler on. Mm-hmm. So I tried all those methods, <laughs> and uh, you know, the first one. That I did just at the bottom of the the the, uh, the oven, the, the bottom rack, um, I think in retrospect really came out the best. Mm-hmm. You know, the one at the bottom of the rack. One at the bottom of the rack. Okay. I mm-hmm. heated up the steel for about forty five minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. probably about an hour, and and did that pizza right there. I think that one came out, and I did it for ten minutes in my oven because, again, my oven only goes up to four seventy five. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and every oven's different. You know, every I, I've found because I've I've gone to several different ovens to test this thing, and um, each oven's you know got its own little uh, personality, I guess, if you will. Right, right. Um, and they're all a little bit different. Now, there's different, you know, and I've, I'm getting feedback from, from some users of the baking steel now. In fact, I got one, this one woman, um, Amy. She uh, she did a pie the other day in one minute and. 40 seconds what? On, on the baking steel. Wow. A, she tricked out her oven. There's ways to trick out your electric ovens to, because they have like these governors on them for, for temperature. Oh my you could, goodness. She uses like a, a wet paper towel topped with like a aluminum foil, puts that on the, the temperature gauge and it kind of tricks the oven to thinking that it's, it's um, got to heat up more. <laughs> it's got to heat up more. So she got it up to <laughs> 700 plus. Wow. Under broiler. And, it, and um, it's not, it wasn't just, she cooked it in a minute and a half. It was a beautiful pizza. And wow. it just looks so, so airy. I, I haven't done that. I think my record is like three minutes and like 13 seconds at my oven. Um, and that's again, amazing. that's great pizza. <laughs> that's a whole different experience, though. <laughs> you're, more, you're spending more time like bending down, looking in your oven, than you are kind of enjoying the... <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, I like the bake at, you know, seven-minute seven bake in my oven with... Um, that way I can continue talking and drinking a glass of wine and, and having fun. And enjoying <laughs> it, right, right. Enjoying well, that it. was, you know, I did, I wanted to test it. I wanted, as a matter of fact, I had thought, you, one, one of the things I really appreciated too is that you sent 
in the uh, in the box itself, you also sent the recipe for the dough, which I think is is your favorite recipe, if, I'm, is, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And that that's the one that that Kenji uh, has come up with. Mm-hmm. And I thought my my first thought was, oh, I'm gonna do this. And then I thought afterwards, like, no, you know what I should do is do the one I normally do. There you and, go. And, and and that way, compared to what I know, and I'm glad I did it that way first. Um, and I and I think in retrospect, and I haven't gotten to this yet, but I think that um, uh, my dough recipe has a lot to do with the results that I got. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, if I if I did make a few minor adjustments, not using as much olive oil as probably the primary one, then mm-hmm. I would have gotten a more airy crust. I mean, the crust was phenomenal. It was so close to to to, to what I'm to the crust I crave, right? Uh, <laughs> but it's it's uh, but it wasn't quite there yet. It was almost there. And I think that the, 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 the real culprit was the fact that um, I've been using a, a, a recipe that I have developed to fit my oven and my stone, oven. you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and that with a, with a, with a, a, a better tool, the steel, uh, my recipe itself was almost a hindrance to me. And I learned that because of this. This is what, what I was leading up to. Uh, last night, well, you know, I, I made the rest of my, my, my doughs yesterday, the ones that I had <laughs> made oh, cool. uh, the day before and so I was out and uh, I was I, I, I was you know having withdrawals I'm like well, we can't do this I said, I've, got, I've got to do something so I got on the phone and called some restaurants some of the I started out with my absolute favorite and it's a family owned place it's been here forever uh, it's, it's an old guy who's a wonderful character I love this man mm-hmm. um, who, who's been making pizza all his life and he's just phenomenal and when I called to ask if I can come pick up some some dough he said look he goes I learned this recipe from my father-in-law, and, and, and I promised him I'd never give it away. I'd never sell just the dough. And I was like, oh, really? Man, okay. I understand. Uh, I love you. All right, next. So I called somebody else. And anyway, I called like six different restaurants and finally found one that would sell me the dough. So last night I went out and picked up some dough, came home, and then made another, another pizza. And, um, you know, again, that one I, I did with uh, on the bottom rack, heated the steel up, and... Um, then I had the stone on the rack right above that, and that that pizza really, you know, it was phenomenal. It really oh, was. Beautiful. It had the it was fully cooked. It was uh, just the, the the char on the crust. It had the 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 oven spring because I didn't add too many ingredients. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I did one that was just sausage, and then I did one that was just cheese, and um, it it was just beautiful. Oh, that's great! And I saw those pictures, and that was it was it was beautiful, Jeff. A really amazing job that you did. Well, that's, you know, coming closer, coming closer there to the, to the crust I crave. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the tagline. That's great. Oh, so. Uh, so well, great. I, that, um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to have met you too, Jeff. And uh, this, you know, by, by going online and reading about people's experiences on pizzas, and I, you know, somehow our, our cross uh, paths have crossed. And um, I saw that you're having a couple of struggles with that. And you know, that's, that's what this, this product's all about. Um, is you know, create the crust that you crave. <laughs> it's just yeah. I mean, it's and, it's amazing. <laughs> and there's a, and there's a lot of people out there that um, I you know I'm I'm new I'm new to the food uh, kind of kind of coming out of retirement if you will for mm-hmm. back to the food business and I'm amazed at all the the, the pizza makers out there. Um, I'm glad I didn't know it before I designed it because I may have been intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you did a fantastic job. And I, I do, I totally, 100% recommend this. This is a, a phenomenal product, uh, the, the baking steel. 
And uh, where, where can people find this online? Uh, we are at, uh, right now, you can type in bakingsteel.com. And it'll take you right to our product page. Oh, good. Okay. We're in the process of updating that website to make it very consumer-friendly. The goal is to have that up and running by um, Thanksgiving. But, you know, with the weight of this product, one thing we're, we're throwing in to, to everybody who buys uh, baking steel is, you know, the shipping is on, the, the pricing is included the shipping cost. Oh, we wow. thought we could leverage our, buy, our buying power with UPS um, the, the volume that we do to help keep that cost down as much as possible. Right. That's, because it, it is 15 pounds. It, it gets heavy. <laughs> right. That's, 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 chip. So that, we, that's we what I was to, thinking. That's built into the cost of the product. Well, that, that really works. That's fantastic because that's, it is heavy, man. It was the first thing when I, when I got that box, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, you can hurt somebody with this. This is a heavy weight. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but again, you're right, but that's the weight is what makes it work. That's it's right. That mass, and that's, that's what you need to give you know, it's probably 10 pounds heavier than any other baking stone out there. Um, but that's what makes it work. And it's, it's, a, it's a quarter inch thick, right? It is. We do quarter inch. We do custom sizes, too. We can, we, in fact, we have a, a, a baking steel called the Big, which is the same size, 16 by 14, but it's a half inch thick. Wow. Uh, that's 32 pounds of mass. Now, you could know that the quarter inch produces incredible pizza. The half inch... It, it maybe incrementally, it's a little bit more oven spring, but mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's um, it's a little bit too heavy. Wow! Um, my wife wouldn't allow that one in the house. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you that that was uh, you know, I, 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 matter of fact, last night when I went to uh, to make that last pizza, I had started to heat the oven up, and I forgot to move the st- the, the steel before I had it up high on like the second to, to, to highest mm-hmm. rack. I wanted to move it down. I was like, oh, goodness, now it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've got to use the, 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 the mitts and, and, you know, just hope I don't drop it. But uh, it, it worked out fine. It was great. And, uh, right. Awesome. Fantastic, fantastic product. Uh, I, you know, I certainly appreciate it. I recommend it to, to everybody. Is there um, bakingsteel.com is where we're going to ba- send people, right? Ba- yeah, bakingsteel.com. And, um, yeah, and we'd we, uh, we're catching up on all of our orders. We're, the goal would be in, in a couple of weeks we'll have these things on the shelf. Right now it's probably about a one-week lead time before you get your steel. Uh, we're still we're working this weekend again to get caught up a little bit in production. Um, but in our eyes, it's a, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, and if there's any special requests, if you need these as a gift, just you know, call me directly and, and my number's on the site, and we can accommodate those needs for you too. Fantastic. But, but we'll be all set for the Christmas rush. Awesome. Awesome. You got to have Christmas pizza. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you, you have really um, uh, filled a need here. You know, you've, you have, uh, you know, again, the crust you crave, you know, that this is, it's phenomenal. It really is. I had someone on, on Facebook last night made a comment on one of my pictures about, hey, can, we, can I just use a, uh, a cookie sheet and turn it upside down? And, and my response was, Sure. You know, if it's a quarter-inch thick piece of steel, uh, you know, that you preheat for 45 minutes, yeah, no problem. There you go, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to so, the same results. No, you're right. Well, Andrus, thank you so much for, uh, for taking time to, to be with us today on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward. I know that I've, I've kind of bookmarked the, the Facebook page. I've, I've got my... My uh, pictures that I put up are at Catholic Foodie and also on the Facebook page for Catholic Foodie, but I'm going to share some over there on the, the Baking Steel page, too. Uh, oh, that's great. And I look to forward see to seeing, seeing other people's pictures, too. That's beautiful. Thank you, Jeff. 
I appreciate it. God bless y'all. God bless you too. Thank you. you are listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. We got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Catholic Foodie Show on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie. And again, I want to thank uh, my friend Andres Lagsden, the founder and creator of The Baking Steel, for the interview. Uh, that was uh, a lot of fun, very educational, and uh, folks, I really can't recommend enough. If you like making pizzas at home, uh, I highly suggest uh, making the investment uh, getting a baking steel because it does. It makes all the difference. And I tell you what, you know, that interview was about, uh, I think it was at the end of, um, sometime at the end of uh, 2012. And here we are in July of 2015. And so over about the last two and a half or so years, I have had a number of readers and listeners of the Catholic Foodie contact me after hearing me talk about the baking steel. And they ma- and they bought one. They made the purchase. They made the investment. And I, I get you know emails. Um, some folks I've even seen actually in person who thank me. They say, "Oh my goodness, I had no idea. This has made all the difference." So if you do like to make pizzas at home, and uh, you find that you suffer from the common problems of home pizza chefs, which uh, typically is like soggy crust, uh, or not being able to get your pizzas cooked all the way through even, uh, then check it out. Bakingsteel.com. Uh, tell them I sent you. I don't know if that gets you anything, but <laughs> it's, it's good to know a friend of a friend, right? So tell them I sent you. Uh, Bakingsteel.com. Now, I also want to talk to you today about uh, pizza topping combinations. You know, I'm going to put links in the show notes uh, to some other uh, shows that I've done. Uh, about pizza. I talked about pizza dough. I've talked about making pizza dough with beer, which, you know, is really surprisingly good. I don't know how surprising it is, though. If you think about it, beer has been called uh, liquid bread. I mean, you think about it, uh, monks in the Middle Ages used to uh, fast during Lent on on beer, you know, uh, and you think about that beer was also one of the ways that, that people were, they were able to stay alive because the alcohol in the beer, the fermentation process was a way to purify water that wasn't really pure. So that, uh, that's an interesting note from our history. And, uh, but beer, beer can be, it's been referred to as liquid bread. So to make pizza dough with beer, isn't so strange. Uh, the two flavors go together very well, uh, and you can uh, divvy it up, change it up, do different types of beer when you make the the, the, the crust, the dough. Uh, I do have a recipe for that over at catholicfoodie.com, and I will put a link in the show notes to that recipe. And if you do like to make pizzas at home, if you do uh, even try to make your pizza dough with beer, I'd love to hear about it. You can give me a call. The voice feedback line is 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. You can call that number any time of the day or night uh, and leave a message. It's just a voice recording uh, service that I have, and uh, it, it records the uh, the audio, the message that you leave. It records it in a digital format, something that's very easy for me to play here on the show 
when I'm not experiencing technical difficulties. <laughs> if you remember that from uh, last week. But I'd love to hear from you, 985-635-4974. Now, let's talk about pizza toppings. And this is one of the most exciting aspects. I have folks who talk to me, families, you know, moms and dads who say, yeah, oh, my kid, we own, you know, every Thursday night or every Tuesday night or every Wednesday night. That's pizza night at our house. We make pizza. And this is the part that the kids just love, right? They love to decorate the pizzas. So I was thinking, why not share a couple or two or three different uh, potential pizza topping combinations? You know, these are these are pizza combinations or topping combinations that we have done at our house, something that we like. But, you know, that's the cool thing about it. You can make it when you make it at home. You can make it the way you like it. You can put whatever kind of uh, toppings you want on it. That's one of the cool things we love in this house. We love sauce. I love red sauce. It's so good. And so I like to put extra. I did put extra sauce on pizzas that I make here at the house. And guess what? I don't have to charge myself extra for that. <laughs> like, you know, like you go to the uh, the pizza restaurants and I do, I do have some favorite restaurants now. I do. And I love eating pizza out. But when I make it at home, I don't I don't get charged for extra sauce. I don't get charged for, you know, extra cheese or whatever. I just got to buy it at the store. And, you know, it is. It is cheaper to make it at home, mainly because, you know, you're not making just one pizza. But when I make pizza, I make four at a time. You know, one batch of dough for me will make four pizzas. Uh, I have done more than that. Uh, there've been times when we've had people over guests over, we make it into a pizza party and I may make eight or 12 pizzas. It just depends. But when you're buying, uh, ingredients like that at the store, you're getting more than you would need just for one pizza. It's easy to replicate. It's easy to spread it out. And even when you're making dough, if you only, if you make a batch of dough for four pizzas and only want to make one, one night, that's fine. You can do that. The other three doughs will keep. You can put it into a Ziploc bag or some sort of a, you know, sealable bag or even even a big um, uh, glass bowl that you put plastic wrap over and just seal it and stick it in the fridge. Once it gets cold, the, the coldness of the fridge will uh, will halt the fermentation process. And uh, you can keep that dough in there for, I don't know, I don't usually keep it in for too long uh, because we use it. But uh, I guess it would keep. I'll have to look that up and, and find out how long that would keep. And I'll have to let you know. Um, but as long as, you know, whenever you're ready to use it, you take it out the fridge. You let it uh, come to room temperature for a couple of hours before you roll it out and uh, preheat your oven and go ahead and decorate it and, and stick it in. It's pretty cool. Easy. Uncomplicated. Pizza topping combination number one, bacon, sliced onions, sliced red bell peppers, sliced baby portobello mushrooms, roasted garlic, fresh spinach, topped with mozzarella cheese, grated Parmesan cheese, sliced Roma tomatoes, sliced banana peppers, sliced jalapeno peppers, and crushed red pepper flakes. Wow. Woo. That's a, that's a hot one. I like that. That's good. That's good. I like it. Here's one. Because we are, but folks, believe it or not, we are running out of time here. Here's what. Here's one that's a, a little more mild, fresh Gulf shrimp. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm right here on the Gulf of Mexico. I can get those, but you may have to get frozen shrimp. But fresh Gulf shrimp, fresh basil, or fresh arugula, roasted garlic, 
And then you top it with mozzarella cheese, grated Parmesan cheese, sliced Roma tomatoes, and crushed red pepper flakes. Can you tell I like crushed red pepper flakes? I do. And I also like adding Parmesan cheese on top. Now, I will tell you, if you're cooking with fresh tomatoes, watch out because they are they are going to uh, sweat. There's, there's a lot of water in those tomatoes, and that water will come out on the pizza and also make it difficult for that pizza to cook all the way through unless you have a baking steel. We're going to have to get, uh, we have to talk about pizza again because we are out of time. Goodness gracious, I can't believe that. You have been listening, folks, to The Catholic Foodie here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We are out of time for today, uh, but that's okay. We can always talk pizza again. I love pizza again. I'd love to hear from you. 985-635-4974. I hope you have a wonderful Monday evening. We'll see you again tomorrow. Until then, bon appetit.